Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Uh, I was just talking about life's rich pageant yesterday and singing its praises and there's Stipe right behind you. Consequence Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button. You know what to do. Like what you see, what you hear. I uh, put out three new interviews every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. A great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me. I'm Kyle Meredith today talking with Louise Post. The Veruca Salt co-founder has a brand new demos collection. It's called But I Love You Without Mascara, uh, a collection that preceded 2000's Revolver. came right after, she started writing it right after uh, 97's uh, Eight Arms to Hold You. So we're going to be um, discussing how the songs were written at a time when the original lineup was breaking up and the lyrics that directly reflect uh, reflected her relationship with bandmate Nina Gordon at that time, uh, as well as the uh, the famed late 90s relationship that also inspired one of the songs. And having Pat Smear and uh, and James Eha guest on the closing track, uh, Louise is also going to tell us about the possible plans to release more of these demo collections in the future, but not before her upcoming solo record. It's going to be the first one under her own name, uh, probably due out next year. Uh, and even tells us about how uh, one of the songs takes inspiration from Nirvana and some of the others from uh, Phineas and Billie Eilish, among others. So let's do it. We're discussing, but I love you without mascara. It's Kyle Meredith with Louise Post. Hi. It's great to have you on here. You've got, uh, you, you've, well, I, I'd say new music, and that's sort of true. It's new to us, right? But, uh, but you've been digging into the archives for a bit. Uh, there's a new release called uh, But I Love You Without Mascara, demos 97 to 98. Uh, I, I first got to say, what a treat this has been uh, for the fans right here. What, what, what made you go crate digging? Well, um, I 
digitized some old footage, some old like home movies from the camcorder that I had out in the 90s, like following my friends around and on tour and everything. And um, and I was doing some documenting back then. Um, and so I and I had this friend of mine named Matt Fass, who was the drummer on a couple of the songs that I demoed at that time. And he kept bugging me to release these songs. And honestly, I'd forgotten about them. And I said, do you have them? And he said, yeah, I have them. One of them is not only my favorite song of yours, but one of my, he said, it's my all-time favorite song. To be honest, that's what he said. And I was like, all right, then send them to me and I'll give it a listen. And that was a few years ago. And then he did it, he did it again. I did a collaboration with him on a song he put out called Angels Are Singing, which is a tribute to Chris Cornell. It's a lovely song under his band moniker, Backyard Star. And at the time he's like, all right, so when are we doing but I love you without mascara because I had already decided that was the name um, because it's the last thing I say on, on one of the songs. And I said it to my best friend and he's like, I said, Oh my God, we, I have to do that. I have to do that. And finally I digitized this footage and around the same time I told another friend about it and she said, let's just make it happen. And it worked out so beautifully because I didn't know really that anyone would care or listen or you know want to want to buy it want to hear it but i it was a it was an important thing it turned out for me to do because it really um reconnected me with a lot of fans who did actually care did want to listen and um were interested in demos and were interested in that time that chapter and um what i did with the footage was i made a uh I, I learned how to edit just for the sit just to put this make this video um i grabbed a couple other demos from I demos from two different sessions and um kept it simple made it short but made a video um for the song used to know her which and the demo i love that the song came out on what became resolver but um which was my first veruca assault record without the original band members and it was an you know an album of just heart of heartbreak really, and um, we now in the band you know proper we call it Veruca Starship just to be clear that's our like that's our little loving moniker for that chapter of Veruca Salt, but the the song used to know her actually came about you know in '97 turning into '98 and I. I started writing it about my stepmother with whom I had always had this contentious relationship and it turned into, and then I worked on it with Nina before we split up. And then um, I released it on Resolver and it came this sort of emblematic of, of our breakup and, and it always people assumed it was about her. So I just reimagined it and didn't use footage of Nina, just used footage of my best friend at the time and my other best friend and um and my roommate and um my other bestie and and just that tried to capture that time but it was also sort of i guess what the cp became for me was a gentle closing of the door on that chapter and on the past and temporarily on veruca salt because we're just on a hiatus and i'm making a solo record and so it has felt really right to do this and the songs are they're very dear you know and i look back and i i do feel like i used to know that person and I'm not that person anymore. Although I, I have a lot of like tender feelings and empathy for that person. I feel very different now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you, you know, perception, you know, how, how fans listen to it and what they want to read into it, because of course we don't know what they're actually about unless you say it, 
uh, that track right there. I mean, it, even listening to it's obviously a heartbreak EP. I think that part does come across, but you get those with the, the line in float. Uh, can it be my anchor is floating away from me? I see her exploding so far at the sea. And yeah, we go, is, who is that about? Is, it, is that about the band? Is that, you know, it, those, those moments do seem to kind of flow uh, I guess to, to stay along with that whole metaphor of the uh, the float. Well, that was, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you straight out, that was absolutely about Nina. I was like, you know, that was clearly about her. But then the next verse, I say, "Can it be my sister is going?" I can't remember now. So far from me, she's tired of knowing our family, and that was a double entendre because my big sister left. She was nine years older than I, and she left for college when I was a kid. You know. And I was, that was devastating to have my sister go leave St. Louis and go to California. And I feel like I lost her, you know? And so I think this was the loss of Nina was, was uh, reminiscent of that feeling. Um, so that was also cathartic, you know, to finally write those lyrics about that moment. I was like, wow, that I've been holding on to that for a long time, <laughs> but it was really like a moment. I, you know, it was a moment in time that was so short, but it occupied so much psychological space for so long for me. And in, in a way, like, you know, I really want to put that to bed. Like it's, and that's what this has become. And, and, and that's what's been personally, you know, nice for me is just to go like, okay, I see you 97. Like, let's put, let's put this all to bed now. Um, it's just, it's like uh, time for time for that to maybe be heard and, and say goodbye to that, you know, um, because I really felt at that moment, like um, the two people that I thought were the loves of my life were not who I thought they were. And it was so, I was, I was really like knocked out of the knees. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck and I was trying to make sense of it. And I'm not unique in that everyone has been through something like this. I hope not to that extent, but you know, people go through stuff like this. And, and then the question came up, like, is it me? Is, am I the one? Am I the common denominator? Am I too much to bear? Am I too intense? And there became, there came a chapter in my life after that, where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to confront people about stuff. I'm just not going to, I'm going to be low maintenance. I'm just going to be, and I don't think I succeeded at all. <laughs> But I tried. I tried really hard to be low maintenance. But yeah, but that was sort of it. Like, you know, some of those lyrics are like, you know, you, you need to go soar without me. Like you're, I'm too dark. It's like that, the unbearable lightness of being that beautiful book and movie with Juliette Binoche and Daniel Day-Lewis. I'll never forget the, the line when she says, um, you're just, I'm just so dark and you're so light, something like that. And that's how I was feeling at that time. Like my moodiness or whatever stuff I'm carrying around from my past is, is too heavy for you. So you need to go soar without me. And those songs really were like a release of, of people, you know? It's, that's interesting too, because, you, you know, we hear so many artists talking about writing as a form of uh, catharsis and mm -hmm for a lot of people that's that's in the moment this song helps them within that moment uh, unless i'm getting it wrong here i almost get the feeling like you got that moment 25 years after or or you know <laughs> 23 years after like like that that moment of uh, of help through writing that song may have taken a little bit long like like were these songs 
tainted by the era in that moment? I, well, I didn't put, I, I put one of them, um, of the four I recorded in LA, I put one of them, one of them became a B-side on Resolver. Um, of the two I recorded in, in Chicago, one of them ended up on Resolver. But the other ones, they, I don't know if I didn't think they were good enough, um, or, you know, some songs just can't make it on the record. I, but I also just kind of, I think they were so confessional and I'm not to say that anything on Resolver wasn't, but something about these songs, uh, they were just so confessional that it was, I think, too, too much for me to like revisit them in a, in an, in like a studio setting and do them properly. They're almost like, what's the word I'm looking for? Meditations in a way. I mean, these are long songs. A lot of them, you know, clock well over five minutes. I mean, you were like, did you, were you kind of, I don't know. I don't know how much you remember about the moments you were writing these songs or not, but you're aware of how they sounded. Like, did you envision them as thinking like, this is going to be another Veruca album, you know, these songs? Well, yeah, for sure. I was writing these demos for our net, what would be our next record together as a band. At the same time, there was something um, in hindsight, there's something to uh, something to the fact that I was right demoing on my own in, in LA without the band. I think I intended to bring them to the band and then flesh them out as we assault songs, but there was also something in the air. There was also like, there was some kind of question mark. And I, I remember being somewhat conscious of that then sort of wanting to strike out on my own. Um, but not being ready to make that move on my own. And, um, and we had much more in us as a band. We just personally couldn't hold it together. And, you know, thankfully, we finally pulled it together and made Ghost Notes and reunited in 2012. You guys wrote a really kind review about us uh, for that record. It was, and I, I adored that record. And I adored that whole chapter. It was the most cathartic, triumphant, amazing, you know, record to have made at that time. And um, we're all really proud of it. The review at uh, Consequence, and we still play Laughing in the Sugar Bowl and uh, St. Me on WFBK. I mean, that's, to me, those songs are as great as, uh, you know, all the songs that you all are, you know, the classics that you might be known for. I mean, that's such a great record. Still. Thank you so much. Right now. Thank yeah. you. No, uh, I love that. Uh, you know, and, and and as we talk a little bit more about uh, about this one, um, uh, mascara for shorts. I don't know if it, we're already shortening it or whatever, but um, oh, yeah. uh, because that's the thing, you know, as we talk about uh, some obvious heartache within it, you get to a song like uh, Color You Black and that's, it feels like this is now someone that's keeping their guard up, you know, so for whatever has happened, that, that's how I'm hearing it anyway, is like, and now the guard is up right here like do, uh, can you talk a little bit i personally like that one quite a bit so i'd love to hear about it thank you that's definitely my favorite of the bunch it's funny that i never released it and and i actually played it for nina when we were working on ghost notes because we had various demos that we had done over the years that we hadn't released um or had released in some form but we gave each other each a mix of these songs to put on the chopping block and maybe put do together so that was one of them and she loved it but we just never went back to it anyway that was the one i was really referencing when i was saying yeah or thinking about the lyrics that was when i was definitely putting up the guard that was just a beautiful way of putting it kyle i think that's really exactly what was happening like if this can happen like you know the 
the guy I was with, I, I thought would be my forever guy. And he, you know, wasn't capable of it, didn't think the same way, but it was very clear to me that that's where we were going. And, and he stepped out on me and in a public way. And I was, I was so blindsided and so, so shocked. And, um, and I just decided at that moment, nothing, I'm not going to let anything ever hurt me like that again. That's it. And you go soar and be who you need to be, but I'm going to be over here in my corner and I'm never going to let anyone hurt me like that again. And I haven't. Well, I can completely understand why you might not have wanted that one out right away, but uh, as vulnerable yeah. as it is, but uh, now that with time, I'm so happy you released that one because it's a beautiful, beautiful statement right there. Thank you. It's definitely was a moment in time and um I don't wish that on anybody, but I'm really glad I wrote the song when I did. I'm glad that I that I made something of that moment that was meaningful, and I'm glad that um, that other people seem to identify with it and, it, and it seems to resonate with with some. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies. Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With all that said, there does seem to be a little bit of camaraderie, especially when you get to the end with Complete Me. 
Uh, and you've got some uh, some folks on there. Um, Pat oh, yeah. Schmier, uh, James Eha, I know uh, two of them. How did they end up on the song? Is it like everybody hanging out in the studio? Is that a late night party? What is that? Yeah, I mean, it was all kind of a big party at that time. And we, I, I don't even, I had forgotten that Pat sang on it. And um, I remember James being there. But my drummer, Matt, for that session reminded me, yeah, Pat, was there too don't forget because i sent him a copy of the credits and he's like i have video of us with me with pat during that time um i did not include in used to know her but we were hanging in la and i must have said like come on over and like i need gang vocals and i just had everyone going la 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 it was just really fun so it was really truly just like everyone in the studio come on over let's hang out that's kind of a fun part, especially when you know who's doing it, you know, that's uh, to get that in there. So yeah. is, is there more to these? Do you, do you, you know, you talked about how it's you kind of been in, in uh, you know, cool to see uh, people embrace demos. Do you see releasing more from the vault like this? You know, because people have liked it so much and the vinyl went so fast, like I, before I could blink my eye, um, it's been I, it's been uh, you know, presented to me, proposed to me to do another one. And I do have certainly a lot more in the vault. Um, that would be really fun. It'd be really fun to do that. It'd be fun to do one with Nina too, because we have a lot of demos that, that we did on four track together. But, uh, so yeah, that could happen, but, um, I'm going to wait because, uh, I'm focusing on the record that I'm making. That is the first record I've ever released. Well, you know, mascara aside, now that we call it that, um, <laughs> under my own name, under like out of the under the, not under the Veruca Salt moniker. So it's uh, it's it's all it's like you know, wonderful and terrifying and um, exhilarating and all of those things. Yesterday I was well, just this last weekend I was taking were driving my kid up to camp and they had just bought a bunch of shirts from Hot Topic and one of them was a Nirvana shirt and not so long ago they were blasting Smells Like Teen Spirit in my car and I was like how do you know this song oh no I you know what happened it was the opposite I was <laughs> I was yelling I, I was singing a lot I was like, I guess we're rocking out to Smells Like Teen Spirit now I don't know how or why but so I was singing along and my my kid goes um how do you know this song mom I'm like wow I was like, how do I know this song? I'm like, how do you know this song? You're 12. And they're like, uh, TikTok. <laughs> so anyway, that said, they bought a Nirvana shirt off of at Hot Topic. And I was like, really? We're doing this now? And they said, it's trending. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. If you're going to wear that Nirvana shirt, you're going to know the music. So find Bleach on Spotify and let's go. And so... <laughs> We listened to that and, um, and I, and the song, it inspired, well, eventually I will tell you that we got past swap meet and I was like, you got to turn this off. I'm just too depressing. There's something about it, that particular record. I was like, I can't take any more. And um, I was like, can you find me something poppy and happy? And they're like, I got you mom. So they put on um, I like you by Post Malone, which is my jam. And then I was like, thank you. And then we sang along to that and bopped our way up the five freeway. But um, anyway, so, but it inspired this song that I just wrote for this, for the record. And the record is much more, um, the record I'm making right now is, I don't know, I don't know. I never know what 
to call things, but um, like I never understood alternative rock. That was ridiculous to me. I was like, I think it's just rock. I don't understand why you have to call it alternative, but okay. Now I, I don't care. But now it's like, I think what I'm doing, when I think of indie rock, I think of, uh, I guess it's more indie pop. I guess you would say that coming out on independent, it's kind of pop, but it's not pop like Taylor Swift pop. It's like, it's certainly influenced by everyone I've listened to. Um, and this, it hasn't been like overtly rock and roll, not really. And so I wrote this song having been listening to Bleach that was like, why don't I just write a rock song? It, you know, let's just, and I just wrote the song and I thought the cool thing about, it's pretty dark. And the cool thing about doing this on my own is that I don't have to pass it through the Nina Gordon pop uh, filter because she'll go like, oh, wheeze. It's like laughing in the sugar bowl. I had a version where she was like, I can't find my way in. We have to keep working on it. And finally we did and it landed. And I was so happy that it was ours, you know? And this song, I, I know that it's it's like, doesn't have to go through. I don't have to pass it by anybody. But then I brought it into the studio and my producer was like, wow, it's kind of dark, man. <laughs> Jesus. He's like, can we just make it a little more Iggy Pop? Like add some hand claps and some key, some piano. I'm like, okay, okay, I hear you. Like, let's just do this. Um, let's do, we can work on this and try to ever make everyone happy. But um, it was so cathartic to write this song. And that said, it's not really typical of what the record sounds like. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of this. Like, through like my, my husband is an audiophile and it is a vinyl addict and I mean our house is so full of albums so full of records that he has to start selling some to get them out because there's not room and it's great because he turns me on to bands like this is the kit or yellow ostrich or like he has has every Damien Gerardo record um he's a giant trail of dead fan I mean he loves um he loves sleep and while we're on the topic, my husband is in a band called the Brontosaur that just made, just finished, he just finished his record and it's his epic masterpiece. And I cannot wait for it to be out and people to hear it. And he's working on this intense, like 12 page booklet right now. And it's going to be a double vinyl. And he's just, it's got to be right, you know, because he's really into vinyl art and vinyl colors and and he found the right artist and the artist loves the music and he's just geeking out over that right now. And I'm really excited for the Brontosaur um, to come out, the this album. But anyway, I got lost in my story. What an exciting time for both of you all, though, to, to, to be, you know, creating all this stuff. And and I, I was thinking back to, you know, the beginning of the story when your, your, your kids ask you, you know, how do you know this song, which is hilarious. I'd, I'd had this behind me, this, uh, this disc behind me, which was a CD-ROM from Blender and I... The, the headline I hated, so I've had it hidden, but it just works so funny for now that it says the next Nirvana from Veruca Salts. It also says, or be great breeders, which, you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> nice. So glad they got that in there. Yeah, uh, but uh, but I love that, you know, Veruca Salt, the next Nirvana. That's. Uh... Yeah, no, that's really nice. I didn't even see that there. It, you're, yeah. you're hiding over my shoulder, just peeking, just peeking that's, over there. That's so sweet. We took that, that picture was taken at, um, sorry, famous venue in San Francisco at the. Fillmore? 
Yeah, at the Fillmore. I kept thinking the Forum. I'm like, no, it's, it was at the Fillmore backstage before we opened for Hole. And what I was going to say was that my kid is really into pop and they have really good taste. Like they, I really appreciate their taste. It's not just bland pop, but they got really into Billie Eilish. And um, through, I just inadvertently started, became a fan and then became a fan of her brother Phineas and just saw Phineas at this surprise show at the Troubadour here in LA. And, um, and so it's like this, the record that I'm making now is more of like this pop infusion, but it's also influenced by like, I mean, I love also love Imagine Dragons and um, my world just sort of opened up because both I have these both to the two people in my house um, are introducing me to so much different stuff and I'm listening to it all. And it was kind of the medicine during the pandemic. Um, sorry, the pandemic is still alive and well, but during the lockdown and the quarantine and during that period of time, um, music just sort of was the bomb. I just had Phineas on the show and yeah, he is uh, incredible. Just, you know, what he, what he does, but, but that's exciting. I mean, hearing, you know, that this is where you're coming from on this. Like, I cannot wait to hear what all this actually means in the songs and in the sounds. Uh, so uh, do, do you know the release plan yet? Is that something you can talk about? It's funny. I'm having a meeting with uh, later today at the studio, um, the guy who runs my record label, which is what Ghost Notes came out on, El Camino, is coming by the studio just to check it out and see what we're doing. And it's being produced by um, Matt Drenick of um, Battle Me. And he's produced a bunch of records. He has a, a record label called Get Loud. And he's uh, he's also a formidable musician and, um, and did all the music for Sons of Anarchy and um, has released tons of albums. So he's, he, and he's my dude. Like I, I was not in the mood on the, any of this to go like shop my wares or like <laughs> call people like cold, like just get in touch with people and say, wait, can you listen to my songs? That said, after this album, I am not, I'm not beneath sending it to Phineas and saying, um, if you have time, if you ever have time, would you considering producing me like a song, whatever it is, like I adore him. And um, I think the world of him and just met him also at the, uh, after the Olivia Rodrigo show, which she covered Seether. So that had, I went to that and um and I didn't she, know you were there. I remember seeing the thing with her doing it, but I don't think I knew that you were there as well. Oh, yeah. I, well, I was there in L.A. I was there at the Greek. And then we there was an after show and uh, Phineas was there. And um, my kid just geeked out and just went up to him and took a selfie. And then um, he was very sweet. He was so sweet and, and so humble. And um and so, um, and then I totally geeked out and approached him and met his lovely girlfriend and, you know, and told him how much his work means to me. So um, anyway, we can move on from Phineas, but I didn't want to get that in there. <laughs> Manifesting is what we're doing, right? That's that's what people yeah, say. We're just putting exactly. that out there in the world. So putting it's, it out there, yeah. He's a great producer too. I've been following him on that. I mean, the, and he does score work. See, you said move on and what did I do? I just have more praise for Phineas. Wait, but, okay. uh, we can keep going with it. I could talk about Phineas all day. I'm so in love with his new record. Like I can't get over it. Yeah. Well, let me throw it back to you again. Uh, but I love you without mascara. Demo is 97, 98. This is such a great time capsule. And it's so great to hear these songs. I I'm so happy that you did put these out. I'm so looking forward 
to hearing what this new album uh, is going to sound like with all these influences you're talking about. I mean, seriously, Louise, you've been uh, such a great songwriter and, and, and important. Uh, the music that you've made has been important to me throughout my life. So I'm so happy you're continuing to do it. That's really nice to hear. That's the ultimate, ultimate compliment. It means the world to me. And um, I can't wait to release this album. It's going to come out in 2023 to answer your question. And um, hopefully I'll be doing some touring and possibly releasing a single later in 2022. All right. It's the beginning of a new career, a solo career, officially. Yeah, it is that. Keep we'll it going. I, I plan to. You know what? I feel like um, that I'm being called to do this by something bigger than myself maybe it's not like i'm dying to make a record and go on tour i honestly don't feel that way i like i like to kick it with my family and do other stuff i even thought about going to nursing school because i really want to do that i don't have time though because i have to make this blasted record um so like i need a lot of lifetimes to do all the stuff i want to do but this is what i'm doing now because i feel really compelled to do it i just feel like i have to well, we'll be there for it. I cannot wait to hear it. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today. Oh, definitely. Anytime. My thanks to Louise Post, but I Love You Without Mascara is now available. And uh, looking forward to that, uh, that solo album next year as well. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Before you get out, hit that subscribe button. Three interviews every week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. Discover some new ones, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, mostly Twitter. All three of them, the address is at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. You look young for that. I can't imagine you've been doing it that long. You could be like 28, 27. I don't know. You really look young. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.